my pod people and my jingalangs. This is Historical AF, and today we are discussing holidays in December. Probably big on Christmas, but we'll see how this rolls. <laughs> I'm Natalie. I'm Keena. I'm Danny. And I'm Brandy. We are a historian, a librarian, and some special guests delivering some funny, weird, spooky, and morbid historical nuggets you never knew you needed in your ear holes. Wow. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, we have guests. Hi. We're not historians or librarians. We're just a couple gals. You're art historian gals. We're a couple fellow podcasters. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Loosely. I mean loosely. <laughs> we do our best. We're art historians. <laughs> yes. Oh. Thank you. Hi. You need to copyright that shit <laughs> we uh our podcast is art history we both found out that we are dead inside and so now we're traveling the world looking at art trying to see if it makes us feel alive that's our whole thing you know my husband hates everything and when i told him you guys tagline he was like all right that's good <laughs> <laughs> yes he's normally got like a thing to say about everything he's like that's good that's good <laughs> i like in. that <laughs> We're really here for people who hate everything because can relate. Yeah. Like, it's true. It's really the universal experience right now. Who isn't feeling dead inside? And sometimes you don't want to go through all the effort of, you know, trying to find a purpose in life or love or, or you know, security. Sometimes you just want to look at something and make it make you feel things. And that's what we're yes. doing. You guys are totally me in my 20s. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect because we're us in our 20s. Yeah. <laughs> everybody in their 20s <laughs> yeah that's how i was i was like i'm gonna be a starving artist and blah 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 i'm never gonna get married and then my husband i'm like all right <laughs> that's cool that's love my my tagline for all my art is i'm the the starving artist that needs starving <laughs> it's okay uh, it's fine it's fine but yeah this is going to be our holiday i can speak english is hard Holiday episode, Ooh. and it's just like any holiday in December. It's open for interpretation. Pretty much, yes. The most important holiday, of course, is our birthdays. Woo! I love it. They've already passed. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, but I still have cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this comes out on the fifteenth. So we're we're getting we're getting there, getting close to Christmas. If that's your thing. And then I found out today that Hanukkah is like the 22nd, mm -hmm. so that's pretty late in December. Yeah. We celebrate both, so. Oh, hell yeah. We're here for it. Yeah, not to brag, but we're Jews. <laughs> awesome. That is amazing. Mm -hmm. But also, like, celebrate Christmas because, <laughs> hi. Randy and I love the holiday season because we're Jewish, we were raised Christian, our parents were divorced, so basically every December we'd get, like, 10 full days of gift giving mm -hmm. to us oh wow that's that's yeah, the way yeah. to do it the perks of divorce <laughs> <laughs> we had like step parents trying to buy our love during the christmas season we had eight fun days of hanukkah trying to make itself relevant in our lives it was amazing mm -hmm. we made out like bandit you guys really worked it out yeah my parents didn't divorce till i was in college so i did not benefit from that Ugh. at all what a waste yeah i know 
Yeah, and then my dad married a girl in a cult, and then I definitely didn't benefit from that. Oh. Except now I get to do a cult episode and talk about her. So it's going to benefit, oh, you know, in two Release weeks. Release that episode now. <laughs> I don't know. I have such a hard time reacting to this information. <laughs> yeah, my dad was kicked out of a cult for being too difficult. So oh I cannot God. wait to talk about it. I'm oh, so excited. Too, diffi- too difficult? Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, go home. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. <laughs> Brandy, you do our segment. I'm kidding. <laughs> I've, I've got it. <laughs> oh, that was good. <laughs> it was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, liked, I liked the awkward pause before that. That made it even better. <laughs> I'm like crying. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do we want to jump into the stories? Yeah. Let me roll the dice here. And that's how it usually goes. <laughs> Weird. It was on the floor. I had to find it. I think that's me. That is you. Yay. Whoop. All right, y'all. So to get the weird rolling, which is not hard for myself. <laughs> I've always thought it was weird how people kiss under mistletoe. Oh, my God. That, yeah. True. I just think that's always been like the, the weirdest tradition ever at Christmas and like, and gross sort of. I mean, I know in some ways it can be romantic for couples and whatnot, but I always think like, consent. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but there's actually a pretty interesting history for mistletoe. And I'm going to read a little bit off of a couple of articles. One is from the Smithsonian, and the other is a really cool website called Why Christmas. Oh. <laughs> why Christmas? It's like, why Christmas? Why? And it's just like all different kinds of Christmas stuff, like about Boxing Day and candles and just history of random stuff of Christmas. Oh, okay. And I looked at some of it, and a lot of it checks out, actually, so... Anyways, that's a fun little extra nugget for y'all. <laughs> but let's start with Smiths first. So I thought it was really cool that one of the stories of mistletoe is actually based around Thor. What? Ooh, like and Thor? So Bald- like Norse? Okay. Yeah, like, like the Norse god. Like Chris Hemsworth, the <laughs> himbo of thunder? Yes. Lesbian's favorite himbo? We can picture that. I would be okay with Mistletoe yeah. with Chris Hemsworth or his brother. He's a pretty anyway. man. Mm. Listen. So pretty. <laughs> I just want yeah. to brush his hair. <laughs> I want him to pick me up and swaddle me like a baby. <laughs> Probably good. Yeah. 1,000%. <laughs> so this is about his grandson, Baldor who woke up one morning certain that each and every plant and animal on earth wanted to kill him. Oh, oh His oh. mother, his wife consoled him, but it was to no avail. As Baldor cowered in his room, half wild with fear, his mother and wife decided to ask every living thing to leave their poor Baldor in peace. They begged the kindness of the oak tree, the pig, the cow, the crow, everything, even a worm. <laughs> and they all agreed. Oh. They all went away. And as Baldor paused to celebrate his release from torment, he felt a pain in his chest. He had been stabbed and killed by an arrow made from the wood of a mistletoe plant. Oh, no. What the fuck? That took a turn. I thought we all promised. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) 
And mistletoe was the one species on earth his wife and mother had failed to notice. So the true oh. the true meaning of Christmas is trust no ho. <laughs> yes. Ho ho. Stop. <laughs> Leave. I'm going to go again. I'm going to go again. Beware of the three hoes. I don't know what the third one is. I was going to sing Paranoia Will Destroy Ya, but it doesn't seem he was paranoid since he did. Yeah, know, he was on the money. He was stabbed. No, apparently he was justified because he was killed by a plant. Yeah. Waldor died, but a lesson was learned. Was it? What, what lesson is that? <laughs> Never forget about the mistletoe, apparently. His mistletoe would come to hang over your doors as a reminder Ugh. to never forget. We kiss beneath it to remember what Baldor's wife and mother forgot. At least that is a version from one of the origin stories. So. Which is that is so whack, <laughs> really yeah. crazy. That yeah. is like there's a lot of dots connecting, but I don't see how they connect in the order that they're trying to sell here. I feel like now the mm. romance is all gone when it's like if you don't kiss, we'll murder your thunder god. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Pretty much, or like vines will come out and kill everyone mm. in their sleep. Maybe. Oh yeah, I don't know. Um, another story is with the druids who viewed the mistletoe as magical and hung it above their doors for luck. Others say it was fertility, like the seeds of mistletoe are sticky like semen. It, <laughs> no. Gross. No. That's so gross. <laughs> and of course, the modern story of mistletoe is, of course, one of kisses. As Washington Irving wrote in the 1800s, young men have the privilege of kissing the girls under mistletoe, plucking each time a berry from the bush. And when the, all the berries are gone, no more kisses, basically. And I didn't realize that was also real. So every time you kiss under the mistletoe, you're supposed to take a berry from it. And then when all the berries are gone, no more kisses. So you have to really ration your kisses out. <laughs> yeah. Are you, do you, like, compete for the kisses with, like, other people at the party? It's like, get out of my way. I need to get one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. What do you do if there's the plastic shit that's up everywhere? You can't pluck that. It's true. Granted, but this is like the 1800s, though, so... Well, they should have been thinking ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't know about my plastic from Sears mistletoe. <laughs> so it's normally spread on trees through bird poop. Cute. Oh, and it's okay. actually a parasite. Oh, that's so romantic. It's a parasite. It grows on the branches, stealing all of the nutrients from the trees that it's on. And, and that was like a succubus. God. Basically. It's... It does murder and it does parasite. Yeah. Like, this plant sucks. And poop. And it's made out of poop. But even better, even better than name mistletoe derives from Anglo-Saxon. Mistle means dung. <laughs> and then it means twig or stick. So it's basically <laughs> poo on a stick. Romantic. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. <laughs> We're ruining Christmas. I love it. <laughs> I'm okay with ruin- ruining this tradition because I've always thought it was, it was dumb. stupid. Of course, during the medieval period, they believed it was it possessed mystical powers. Ooh, and of course, would bring good luck, fight off evil spirits and the devil. Hell yeah! But I need to ward off evil spirits because the last episode there was a ghost and nobody believes me. It's not as <laughs> like I don't believe you. You made that up, and I'm like, no, I didn't. There was a bang in my office, and now everybody thinks I'm making it up. But it really—that's that, a ghost. <laughs> Granted, that's 100% a ghost. Granted, while we were recording, I didn't hear the pop. I just don't really believe it. But while we were recording, though, I did not hear the pop. But when she sent me it later, I'm like, oh, I hear it now. 
And uh, I still think it was like the mic or something. Here at Art Sistery, we believe in ghosts. And uh, that's 100% a ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Lastly, is that mistletoe um, is really great for the wildlife in the sense that it actually gives a really nice nectar and pollen for bees and butterflies and whatnot. Oh, yay. Save the bees. Not all bad with the poop stick plant. It is a parasite and it's spread by poo, but it helps the bees. All right. It's murderous and parasitic, but the bees love it. (laughs) Those crazy girls. They love themselves poop plant, but Mm -hmm. hey, that pollen is juicy. (laughs) Gross. Oh, I love it. I didn't know any of that. So that's awesome. Wow. I I still feel like I'm not going to put that up in my house to do weird, maybe non-consensual kisses. Yeah, I think you sold me on not having real mistletoe after the poop and the parasites. I think I'm good. (laughs) I'll I'll stick with my plastic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's very alliteration. Poop, parasite, plastic. (laughs) Say that three times fast. (laughs) Oh, and don't forget pollen. Oh, pollen. Yes, we need that too. I'll pass. Yeah, I guess it was really big in like, what, the 18th century? All those little parties. I guess that was like the one time you could sneak a kiss with somebody because you weren't allowed to touch people back then. Yeah. Didn't have to have your like. Oh, hell, it's even really big in Hallmark movies. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. Uh, Hallmark needs it. I'm like, get that shit out of here. <laughs> oh, Hallmark. Don't need that in the fucking gazebo. <laughs> All right, the next one. Roll the dice. Uh, oh, Ooh, me. Funny. Boom. Cool. This was really hard because I didn't want to make fun of a religion for obvious reasons. I didn't want to be a dick. Uh, uh, <laughs> Arts mystery blinks nervously. <laughs> yeah. I do it so often that I'm like, uh, maybe I should lay off of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I found letters to Santa. I didn't realize how fucking hilarious this was. So. Oh, this is going to be cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> some of them are wild <laughs> okay some of the earliest christmas correspondence in history which plot twist wasn't actually written to santa but rather santa writing to children oh that's how it originated no. right. yeah i first thought cute but then i remembered old man <laughs> <laughs> old white man sitting back <laughs> bearded writing letters to children all around the world Yes. <laughs> in the first half of the 19th century, Santa Claus was more of a disciplinarian figure. So he wasn't the whole jolly old Saint Nick that we see today that sorts naughty and nice. He was kind of like a dick that was like, stop being an asshole. You're not going to get shit. Mm. So these letters are basically from parents telling their kids to get their shit together or else they're going to feel the wrath of Santa. I did find one of the most impressive of these was J.R.R. Tolkien, who every Christmas for almost 25 years left his children elaborately illustrated updates from Father Christmas on his life in the North Pole, filled with red gnomes, snow elves, and his chief assistant, the North Polar Bear. What? Wow. That is so cute. My God, I love that. Tolkien. Yeah. But on a side note, I was in Walmart the other day. And this guy was screaming at his screaming kid, being like, if you don't stop crying, Santa's not going to come. And then like five minutes later, I could hear from the next aisle being like, Santa's not coming. And then all the kids started screaming. <laughs> so that really backfired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. I mean, he's traditionally used to threaten children, but never in a Walmart. That's not going to end well. <laughs> yes. 
Anyhow, the shift in American image of Santa Claus came around the time cartoonist Thomas Nast started depicting Santa as the big old jolly dude in red. Mm. They first appeared in Harper's Bazaar. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Harper's Weekly. I almost said Harper's Bazaar. <laughs> Different magazine. Harper's Weekly. <laughs> they first appeared during the Civil War, and they helped create a visual reference for Santa Claus that we still see today, including the red suit, white beard, etc., etc. They also captured the earliest days of the Postal Service's involvement in the Christmas workflow. Wow. In 1871, Nass drew Santa Claus at his desk, reading his mail, sorting it into two piles, one labeled naughty and the other one nice, and the naughty was very tall and the nice was very short. So Ooh, oh dear. seems to be a uh, a little theme that like kids are just assholes. <laughs> like everything I see is just like seem to be like, why is everybody naughty? <laughs> like, it takes it takes like a while for kids to learn empathy, and uh, <laughs> Santa's here to help. <laughs> a few years later, in 1879, Nast created the first known image of someone using the U.S. mail system to write Santa Claus. In this illustration, a tiny human puts a letter addressed to St. Claus North Pole in a mailbox, and then it's also snowing for dramatic effect. That's nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I know, it's very wholesome. Before the post office department, which what it was known before the USPS happened in 1971, children came up with some creative ways to get their messages to where they needed to go. Kids in the U.S. would leave them in the fireplace where they believed it would turn up into smoke and then go to Santa. That's cute, but also they're burning their letters. <laughs> it's like, well, Santa comes down the chimney, so I put this up the chimney. Maybe he'll get it. Sure. Scottish children thought that if they stuck their heads up the chimney and just screamed out their Christmas wishes, <laughs> then he'd oh. hear them. <laughs> My God. Yes, Scottish children. They're not messing around. <laughs> No. And in Latin America, kids attach their missives to balloons, and then they'd watch their letters go up into the side, which my PSA is don't put balloons into the air because then they pop and then, like, animals choke on them. It's true. So, it's true. It sounds cute, but then, you know, you're killing things. So Yeah, don't do this thing. Just just put your head up the chimney <laughs> and scream. I found this really sad. So... Back in the day, Santa's mail used to go to the dead letter office because the letters weren't addressed to real, you know, addresses. So they were just kind of thrown away. Oh, which poor kids. <laughs> Though many individuals, you know, offered to answer Santa's letters, they were technically not allowed to because, you know, opening somebody else's letters, you know, is against the law. You know, technicality. Uh, party poopers. Yeah. <laughs> but this changed in 1913 when the Postmaster General made a permanent exception to the rules, allowing approved individuals and organizations to answer Santa's mail. Aww. Even today, such letters have been made out explicitly to Santa Claus in the post office, and then it goes to organizations that can fill their wishes and actually get the kids the stuff they want. Yeah. So that's pretty sweet. Nice. So they don't throw them away anymore. <laughs> throw them into the <laughs> chimney and burn. God. Burn your wishes, children, so Santa can get them. <laughs> and I also found this funny. They will only take things that say Santa Claus, and they frown upon people using the name Kringle or Nicholas because they don't want mail shipped to the wrong place. Oh, for so if your name actually is. <laughs> actual Nicholas Kringles. Rough. Yes. <laughs> Always one to evolve with the time, Santa now answers email. Kids can reach him through a number of outlets, such as letters to Santa email santa.com or elf hq macy's encourages kids to email saint nick as part of their annual believe campaign 
And then they also have mailboxes and Macy stores where you can uh, put your letters in there. Believe campaign is the creepiest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Also, what child uses email? Like, send Santa a DM on TikTok or whatever. Like, no kid's got a fucking at AOL. (laughs) He's Santa. Slide into those DMs. Slide into Santa's DMs. Hell yeah. But here's where the good stuff comes in. So before the post office decided to change its rules, the newspapers actually encouraged children to write letters to them directly. And then they would say Santa would read the newspaper and then you'd get your shit. So this is delightful for people like me with access to newspapers.com because I found a lot of these letters in these newspapers. Yes. Yes. They're so good. (laughs) So wait, what year are these from? Oh, these are going to be mostly 19th century, early 20th century. Oh, my God. Great. I went old school here. Yes. All right. The first one is Conrad from Nebraska via 1896. Oh, so old. That dude is dead for sure, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Dear Santa Claus, I thought I would write and tell you that I want things for Christmas. A gun, a storybook, a sword, a stocking for a full of candy, pair of shoes, toy watch, and a knife. Same. Don't fool me, Conrad. I feel threatened, Conrad. <laughs> he he legit like threatened Santa. And he's asking for like weaponry just cheekily sprinkled in between like candy and like stockings. <laughs> but he's like, but mostly I want a gun, Santa. Don't fuck up. That this is like a theme oh, no. that we will see. <laughs> okay, the next one is from Clifford and also from Nebraska. This is 1896 as well. Dear Santa Claus, I want a drum, which Natalie can appreciate. She's a drummer. Yeah. But then the next one is uh, I want a gun. <laughs> I don't appreciate that one. I want a sled. <laughs> period. I want a sled. Period. Oh. I want a whip. Period. Oh. <laughs> I agree with every other thing in this. And the next was, I want a game, period. I want a gun, period. So he definitely doubled up on the gun. <laughs> Just to make sure. Yeah, I'm definitely with every other. The drum, the sled, and the last one. Clifford sounds very intense. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Why. It's like when people go to the drugstore and they're trying to like make it seem casual that they're buying condoms or something. And it's like, gum, like a pair of socks, some condoms, but also candy. Don't worry about it. <laughs> More condoms. What? Okay. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's like Santa's not going to notice I snuck the gun in there twice, right? <laughs> I do want to. Let's be real. God, these crack me up. So the next one is Linwood. What a name. Mm. From Virginia in 1903. Dearest Santa Claus. Ooh. That's nice. How romantic. <laughs> I thought you might forget about me, so I thought I would write you to remind you. I smashed everything you sent me last year. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Wait, that's it? Yeah. Linwood, you don't get anything. That's so rude. But also so self-aware. Linwood's a dick. It's like, I smashed everything you got me last year. Don't fuck up this year. You hear me? Like, it's very (laughs) aggressive. Make it sturdy. Can my gun be made out of steel this time? (laughs) None of that wooden shit. God, all these are so aggressive. I really like it. Uh, Can it be like, can I live past 35? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why is that a wish? How did anybody survive this century when everybody's asking for guns and whips and knives? I don't think they did. I don't think they did survive this century. Oh, the next one is Paul from Virginia, 1903. 
Dear Santa, I went up to Cohen's store, told you what I wanted. Now don't forget to bring me tools for my tool chest Papa made for me and some candy and some fireworks and some nuts and some oranges. Oh, Santa, I forgot to tell you about my little brother. His name is Graham Kelly. I wish you would bring him a rattler or please see if you could bring him some teeth. I've asked the doctor and he can't get him any and I hope you can. He's three months old and I'm four years old. Please put my letter in the paper. Your little boy. I really want him to have some teeth. Love, Paul. (laughs) Oh my God. I love Paul so much. Oh my God. My child. (laughs) Nothing Santa for his brother's teeth. (laughs) I am four. He is three months old. The doctor said no teeth for me. I don't know why. Wow, I feel this deeply in my soul because yesterday I had two teeth yanked out of my skull. So I also oh my- want teeth from Santa. What? Yesterday? Those are that's painful. Yeah, we're recording. Yeah. We're recording brandy after dentist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're lucky I'm not like up in this recording with like two giant bits of gauze in my mouth. Jesus. We just squeaked this through. <laughs> God, you were like amazing. I had a tooth pulled once and I was a bitch ass baby for like a week. <laughs> Eat my mashed potatoes, be like, I hate my life. I mean, I, I am eating those mashed potatoes. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> this earlier today she couldn't get mashed potatoes, so she was like gumming some French fries. <laughs> just I just ordering my slop, my different forms of slop. This year I'm asking Santa to bring you some tea. <laughs> Please do. Dear Santa, I'm 27, my sister is 25. She needs teeth. <laughs> yeah, please. Oh, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> Could I please get some teeth for my sister and also a gun and also some candy and a stocking, please? I, I hope you remembered that I did ask for a gun. I'm just going to put it in there twice. Thanks. Oranges are nice also. And some nuts. Don't forget the nuts. Yes, yes. And some nuts. Lots yeah. of nuts. Ooh, the next one is from Raymond from West Virginia, 1907. <laughs> Dear Santa Claus, I will try and write you a few lines. I am a little boy past three years old. I want you to bring me a wagon. And you'd better bring Clarence one so he won't tear mine up and bring me a gumball and a horn and some candy and some nuts. And don't forget my little Mary and my papa and my mama. So goodbye. <laughs> Look, he said he'd try to write a few lines and that's what he did. He got it out. It's, it's like, bring me shit, but bring my brother something because then he's going to fuck my shit up. Also, Mary, I guess. Bring her whatever. I just love kids that are super weird like this. Like... <laughs> like- <laughs> I just imagine he was like thinking yeah. that fast too. Like, ah. exactly. Okay, the next one is Virginia from Missouri, 1907. It won't be long until you'll be coming to visit us, so I will write you a short letter. This being my first, I am four years old. How old are you? Oh. I have blue eyes and flaxen curls. I am going to spend Christmas with my grandma and grandpa, Bernadette at Waverly. I guess you know where that is. And you might find my stocking in my grandma's room. I have a little baby brother. He's five weeks old. His name is BG Jr. And he came to live with us since you were here last time. So he has no stocking, but my mom will probably loan him one because she has big feet and that will fit things. (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. I wish you would bring him a nice little high chair, all painted Fred, and I guess a pair of stockings, rubber ring, and a rattler. And please bring me, because I am a good little girl, a trunk and a key, blue-eyed doll, and will go to sleep, a doll, Dougie, and some real nice nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Kindly remember all the little girls, especially the little ones who have no mama and papa. Oh my god, Virginia! With the flaxen curls. This is your little girl, Virginia. P.S. If anything happens and you can't come, please send one of your boys. 
<laughs> I know about those boys. Send one of them down. I've heard you got some boys. Please send me a oh my god, that's boy. Virginia. She knows how to delegate. Yeah. <laughs> amazing and i i like that she asked for her brother first that's really cute i know i love that she knows what flax and curls are too. oh my god the way she describes it, she's like i'm a perfect little princess with golden hair and <laughs> sapphire blue eyes anyway my brother please get me a doll that looks just like me with flax and curls and blue eyes and my mom has giant feet <laughs> they're just so big <laughs> My mom has giant feet. They're so huge. Anyway, if you can't make it, please send a boy. <laughs> yeah, boy. Okay, the next one is Willie from Florida. All right, Willie. Oh, right, God. Willie. And this is 1915. It says, Dear Santa Claus, I am Willie, age five. Will you bring me a small axe and a coat size four years? My mother's name is Miss W.R. Smith, your friend, Billy Smith. <laughs> <laughs> is an axe an appropriate gift for a five-year-old? That's my question. Uh, look, Santa has to, like, legally, Santa has to give it to him. <laughs> Dims the rules. <laughs> Dims the rules. Like, he wrote the letter. Look, he named his mom by first and last name. That means, by law, or Santa will go to jail. <laughs> or at least one of his boys. <laughs> he got his boys to bail him out. <laughs> oh, this one cracks me up, too. Unsigned letter from Florida, 1913. Dear Santa, I'm a little boy from Belfast, 11 years old. I didn't expect to see Santa down here. For a present, I would like a basketball. If you have a basketball or anything like it, that'd be acceptable. But I didn't think seeing Santa down here because it's so hot. The weather is so hot. Be sure to bring me something if you can't give me a basketball. Please, Santa. And then it gives us full address. <laughs> and then the newspaper wrote, the newspaper wrote, this little man forgot to sign his letter, Santa. <laughs> But he gave his full I just address. True. Sure. I just love that he's like so fucking hot in Florida that Santa won't come here. <laughs> I know you're you don't want to get fucking down here. Nobody does, but just in case you do. <laughs> so I love it. It is fucking hot in the South. I agree. <laughs> Dear Santa, Gator ate my last basketball. Please send a new basketball. I understand if you don't want to come to Florida. <laughs> Oh my god, I just watched that movie Crawl with the Gators. Oh I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> oh, it was so good. Okay. Next, Walter from Florida, 1915. Dear Santa, please bring me a 22 rifle and some cartridges. <laughs> and that will be all. Santa, I won't act like a pig. I'm 12 years of age. I am fond of shooting. Please deliver to Brown Store in Kingston. On the corner of Ridgewood and Main Street. My name is Walter Campbell. <laughs> it sounds like a fucking like gang exchange. <laughs> I don't need much, but I do want to murder my parents. So before the gators do. I feel like I feel like Santa letters from Florida are probably the same now. Yeah, probably. You know? A mm. hundred years went by and Florida kids are still like, please, one rifle and some cartridges and also a basketball, please. Oh, this next one. Oh, it's so good. Florida, you were a gym. Merla. Merla's good name. From Florida, 1915. Dear Santa Claus, now listen good so you do not forget what? anything I asked for. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, please be sure to leave me a doll and a doll bed, a piano and some storybooks, a tea set, a ring, plenty of fruits and candies and hair ribbons of all colors, two yards in each piece, a crochet needle and some thread so I can learn to crochet and I'll be a good girl a whole year. Merla Hudson. 
Don't skimp <laughs> out on me this year, Santa, like you did last year, I swear to God. I need every color. All of them that exist. Two yards. Um, and Marla will not be denied. Yeah. She's very forceful. <laughs> what a name, too. Oh, here we got Roy from Florida. Florida was just really good. I couldn't really <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> Dear Santa Claus, I am a little boy, eight years old. I wish you would bring me a typewriter and a drum and a doll dressed in a sailor suit so I can call him Raymond. <laughs> oh, so I can call him Raymond. Yes. Also a green pair of pants, a red shirt, and also a tango hat and a gun. And please don't forget my mama and papa. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you. You're a little boy, Roy. Your little Aww. boy, Roy, wants a sailor's doll named Raymond and a gun. <laughs> Yeah, this whole gun situation is very intense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Maxwell from Florida. Dear Santa Claus, perhaps you will think I am asking for a quite expensive present. But Santa, I've been smart and I have to walk two miles to school, probably uphill in the snow, I'm sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I would shout with joy if you could bring me a Shetland and a cart so my two sisters and I could ride to school. Oh, a Shetland pony? Yes, a pony. <laughs> I will appreciate anything else you may bring me. And Santa, there are four little boys living near me. I'm sure they're not going to get any presents for their papa died a few weeks oh. ago and they're very poor. So please remember them. Your little boy, oh my Maxwell. Oh, God, Maxwell. Tragic. No. So I feel like, you know, improve your chances of getting a pony from Santa. One, admit right off it's <laughs> expensive. Two, say you're going to take your sister to school. Three, Promise to be grateful and for, you know, make yourself seem extra kind-hearted by talking about the orphans next door. <laughs> like, he's, like, covered all his bases. Yeah, he's a smart one that... I need to know if it works. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, you have the address, right? Let's write him a letter and ask. It's basically yeah. asking Santa for, like, a Volvo to get to school. Like, thanks, man. <laughs> yes. The next one is Moxie from Tennessee. That's 1916. Dear old Santa. <laughs> oh, I want, <laughs> I want you to bring me some things for Christmas. They say I'm mean, but I don't know what, but I don't think so. I want a bicycle and a pistol and some good things to eat. Oh, Moxie. Moxie. <laughs> I like, I like Moxie. She ain't mean. People just think she is. God, these kids are hilarious. All right, Dick from South Carolina in 1916 says, Dear Santa Claus, tell your snow fairies to come down and see us. Christman. Huh? Christman? Christman? I don't know. We haven't had them come see us in a long time. I have questions. Santa, I want you to bring me a little air rifle. I want some nuts and some fireworks. Santa, I want you to bring me a little box ball alley. I want you to bring me some books, too. You better be careful. Our chimney is little, and you're fat. You might get fastened in it. Your friend, Dick. You know what, Dick? I'm sure Santa appreciates the warning. <laughs> he is fat, so. To be fair, Dick. At least he asked for an air <laughs> rifle versus an actual gun. It's true. That's true. That is very considerate. I'm so sorry for all these kids' neighbors that are going to get <laughs> shot. I mean, the thing that's making me, like, the most concerned is that fact that clearly there were no good toys about. And, like, these kids, all they had were guns and nuts. Like, it's all they had. <laughs> it's all anybody wanted. Okay, this next one's really sad. But... I just had to add it. Dear Santa Claus, and this is from John from New Mexico in 1918. Please bring me some nuts, candy, and an apple and a French harp. <laughs> Sorry about I just thought the harp, harp was nice. Please, Santa, don't forget the little boys in France, for the Germans have killed their Santa Claus. That is all. Oh, Your God. friend, John. 
I, that's a real 1918. Yeah, 1918 is yeah. like World War One, yeah. and like you know, everybody's getting murked out. So apparently, these kids thought the French Santa Claus got killed. So that's very sad. Oh no, <laughs> they had to have heard that somewhere. Yeah, or was that like a parent threat? Like, God damn it, don't be an asshole, or the Germans are going to kill your Santa too. That's like that was the 1918 version of Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> So real. <laughs> so sad. So sad. Jewel from New Mexico. This is 1922. So now we're in the roaring 20s. Wow. Ooh, party. Dear Santa Claus, are you going to visit me this Christmas? I hope so, Santa Claus. I want a basketball and some candy and some nuts. I think a little sister might want a doll, but I don't. I'm too big for a doll. Santa Claus, do you remember when I slammed the door in your face? I was afraid of you then, Santa Claus. <laughs> I still have my skates in a car, but I lost the dishes. Well, Santa Claus, I guess that's all I have to say. Goodbye. <laughs> who, who came to her door? <laughs> who was it? <laughs> who did she slam the door on? I love how it's just like an empty thought. It just keeps going. <laughs> like, I don't... <laughs> God, I could have done this all day. I only have a few more. Okay, RB from New Mexico, 1922. Dear Santa Claus, I hope you will come to see me and I will hang my stocking by the chimney, but I hope you won't fall when you come down the chimney. And will you please bring me a football? But of course, you can't put the football in the stocking. It won't fit, but you could put it on the floor. RB standard. <laughs> Thinking ahead. Thought it all through for you, Santa. Unless you get my mom's <laughs> giant feet stockings, then it'll be fine. <laughs> Mr. Santa, will you please bring me a wagon with a duck hitch to it? I'm five years old. I am fat. I was raised on melons. <laughs> that is my excuse from now on, is that I was raised on melons. Howard says... <laughs> same. Oh, God. Howard says he is as big as me, but he ain't. Oh, I forgot to tell you, I want some candy. <laughs> Goodbye. Harold, Missouri, 1903. <laughs> I think this was me in a past life. I am fat. I was raised on melons. <laughs> I feel Harold so deeply in my soul. Yeah. Oh. Those melons, man. God, that one. Oh, Harold, where are your descendants? I need to meet them. Am I related to them? I have questions. <laughs> Missouri 1903. We can find him. Where are you? How are- Harold Bell. We got a last name. We can figure out. Oh my this gosh. Out. Bell is my mom's last name. My ne- last name is <laughs> Bell. Oh my god! Yeah, this is your long lost great grandfather. It's Natalie Dillon Bell Anchor. This is your ancestor. This it really <laughs> might be that my family does like melons. I'm gonna <laughs> my family likes melons. <laughs> I'm gonna research this. That yeah, proves it. Doesn't even matter about the name. <laughs> my family likes melons. <laughs> <laughs> what state you say he was in? Missouri. Okay, I don't know. We will. We will figure this out. I believe. <laughs> it's very likely. The next one I thought was just, I just wanted to add it because fuck gender roles. This little boy says, dear Santa Claus, I'd order a doll, but I'm afraid the girls will laugh at me. Oh. Anson. And that's it. It's New York 1902. So yeah, fuck it. If your boy wants to play with a doll, you let him play with a doll. What? You let him play with a doll, but I will laugh at him. <laughs> <laughs> It's like 1902. People are like, this never happened. People are sissies now. I'm like, no, this always happened. They don't they don't have anything else. It's dolls, guns, or nuts. Melons. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Melons. 
I am fat. I eat melons. Oh, I love it. Dear Santa, please bring me. Can we put a shirt? Yes, I'm going to write that down right now. I am fat. I was raised on milk. All right. And just say like, sorry, I'm fat. Raised by melons. Make that a shirt. I'll buy it. I was raised on melons. Sorry. I just wrote it down. I make that my new OkCupid okay profile. <laughs> yes. Uh, I support this. No shame. You hook hook those people. He, she, neither or both. Whatever. I don't care. But either way, hook them. Yes. So next one. Dear Santa, please bring me a toolbox. I don't want much as you've been busy making ammunition for this year instead of toys. R.H. Boyd, Tennessee, 1917. Oh, that's another really sad one. Like, the war was so bad that the kids were like, I don't really need toys. I know you're making bullets to, like, kill people. But, like, (laughs) if you could, could you, like... French Santa. (laughs) I get it. You guys are bros. (laughs) Now he's on a mission to kill German Santa. (laughs) World War Santa? Oh God! When will the when will the Santa fighting end? Oh my God! World War Santa! Oh God! Okay. Well, the next one brings it up. Dear Santa, please bring me a horse, some wood, and a hammer, and some nails. Papa expects I'll be a carpenter. Your girl, Rhonda. Ugh, my girl Rhonda. <laughs> Our girl. Virginia. Nineteen hundred. I love that in nineteen hundred they're like your girl Rhonda. <laughs> Gonna be a carpenter. Fuck yeah, Rhonda. You do your thing. Okay. Dear Santa, please bring me a box of nuts. Seems to be a theme. A box of candy and a box of ducks and frogs. I want a box of whistle dogs and a whistle bear. Your friend Dora, New Mexico, 1999 or 1919. I don't know what a whistle dog or a whistle bear is. Yeah. A what? (laughs) Okay. A box of whistle dogs and whistle bears. I mean, at least it's not nuts or a gun. Well, she did want a box of nuts. She did want some. (laughs) She did want nuts. (laughs) Look, they always want nuts. I'm so glad that I live in a in a, in a world where like my treats are like Reese's pieces and they don't have to be nuts. You know what's in a Reese's pieces? Nuts. <laughs> Part of it. Oh no, nothing ever changes. I just Google whistle dog and nothing came up. She made it up. <laughs> She's an idiot. I'll have to dig further. And then the last one is, dear Santa, please bring me a bicycle and a steam hammer. Your dearest boy, Goosey. Goosey. P.S. Don't forget, I'm a hammer boy. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, Goosey. Me too. Don't forget, I'm a hammer boy. That's Pennsylvania, 1904. Wow. Bless his little hammer boy heart. I wonder if his last name is Hammer. No, he wants a steam hammer. He's a hammer boy. Oh, he's a hammer boy. I'm dead. Oh, God bless it. Tag yourself. Hammer boy. Whistle dog. dog, Your girl, Rhonda. (laughs) One of Santa's boys. Fat on melons. <laughs> I, I I think I'm a sailor doll named Raymond, actually. <laughs> God, I know this went a little long, but I just couldn't stop. They're all so good. I feel like I could like really lose myself in those archives forever. Oh my God. Newspapers.com is like the greatest thing I've ever discovered. It is so great. Mm, absolutely. You can search for literally anything and just like the dumbest headlines come up. I love it. I've even Googled myself on there and it's amazing. It's not, I guess it's not Googled. I've looked myself up and I'm like, oh, hey, there's me. Huh. Like, like every childhood newspaper article you've ever been in. Ooh, I don't think I've been in any actually. Now nah, we're not cool enough. Nah, I was an overachiever as a kid. So. <laughs> so does that mean it's our turn? It is. Oh my God. All right. 
Shall I jump in? Yes. All right. Do it. We got historical. And that led me to old weird Christmas traditions. We have just left off in Italy on our podcast talking about, you know, Michelangelo and Raphael and whatnot. So I was like, Italians, weird Christmas traditions. And I found La Befana, the Christmas witch. Yes. Yes. She is the Christmas witch and she dates back to ancient Rome. She's legit. La Befana. La Befana. And I love her. She is just like classic old witch looks. Got that real (laughs) old crone vibe. The hooked nose. Sometimes the nose is like made out of metal. I don't know. Ask the Italians. She's got like white hair. Everything. Uh, Also, she flies around on a broom and she's always covered in soot. Wow, same. (laughs) But she's not evil. She's a nice witch. And she like is known to fly around on the eve of Epiphany. So Epiphany is a like Christian holiday, which is actually on January 6th. So sorry, I'm pushing the theme a little bit to early Jan. But she concludes the 12 days of Christmas. Which is when they celebrate, like, the arrival of the Magi, and it's also, like, some Christian thing about <laughs> revealing that Jesus is God. I don't know. They decided to have a whole nother holiday for it. <laughs> and so her name, La Befana, is actually comes from the word Epiphania, which is epiphany. So she's, like, just a part of that. <laughs> anyway, back to her. So what she does is she flies down the chimney on her broom, and she fills children's socks with candy and presents if they're good. But if they're bad, they get coal. Sounds very familiar. Yeah. But in Italy, they have a witch to it. (laughs) I think I prefer that, honestly. Well, she escaped the Santa Wars, you know. (laughs) She's hard as a rock. And the great thing is that traditionally, pretty much every kid gets coal. (laughs) Because... Because the Italians think that every child has been bad at least one time in the year. <laughs> I love that but, so much. <laughs> yeah, they're brutal. But it's okay, because in Italy, there's a specific kind of candy that is made out of like sugar and black food coloring that they bake and it turns into a coal-like thing. So they're all getting coal, but it's actually coal candy. (laughs) Well, it's not too bad. They get the best of both worlds. They love a switcheroo, (laughs) you know? And before she leaves, she makes sure to sweep the floor because she's known to be extremely tidy. that's just lovely. Does she come over here? Yeah. She uses that broom. Santa comes down, giving giving us guns and eating all our cookies and milk, making a big old mess. <laughs> Meanwhile, La Befana is just doing your chores for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, she doesn't because she is Italian. Of course. And the most the most Italian thing ever is that instead of cookies and milk, they leave for her a glass of wine oh. and then a parmigiano reggiano. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which I think is so funny because we've been traveling around Italy and it is so true. Regional food is all they care about. We, When we were in Tuscany, they were like, oh, you're in Toscana? Of course, you need to have the Toscana wine and you need to have the Parmigiano Reggiano, the stuff from Naples. <laughs> like the North trash, only Toscana. And then the same thing in Rome and the thing in Venice. They are like so specific <laughs> about their snacks. Like... It's amazing. And she is very good and nice. She'll eat her Parmigiano Reggiano. But if you catch sight of her, she doesn't like it. And so she will bonk you on the head with her broom. (laughs) 
That's the one bad thing she does. <laughs> she will. She will. How does one apply for this job? <laughs> I want to whine and I want to bonk people over the head. <laughs> Look, here's the great thing. If you're in Italy during the festival of La Befana, tons of people just dress up like her and run around like a witch and like throw candy and bonk children. Like that's just what oh. they do. So your dream can come true. <laughs> Why are we not in Italy? And we still have time. Oh my time. god, this sounds amazing. Look, we got a few <laughs> weeks to, to book a ticket and get over there. This is amazing. I love her so much. So where did she come from? How did Italy get a Christmas wish? <laughs> like Halloween has came and gone and they're like, we want more. <laughs> so she's actually thought to originated from the Roman goddess Strenia which she dates back all the way in 153 BCE. So she old. Wow. Yeah. And she's like the goddess of New Year's. So it sort of fit. Mm -hmm. But how she got turned into a witch is sort of what happens when Christians get involved. (laughs) You know how Christians do. Oh, yes. They were like, oh, we don't like pagan goddess. So I guess we'll just mash her into a weird witch and try to assimilate her into Christianity somehow. (laughs) You know, like how they do. And they did one of my favorite things in the world, which is they wrote Bible fan fiction to include her. Yes. 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 And you'd find that like a lot of cultures did this. There's like so much weird like side stories to the Bible that people just like decided to add. And this one is where they included La Befana right into the Christmas story. Like, (laughs) right into the nativity. Also, a witch is there. (laughs) (laughs) Can I tell you the story of La Befana? Oh, please do. Okay, come to Nona's kitchen. I will give you some pizza and some Chianti. (laughs) And I'll tell you the story of La Befana. So, you know the story of Jesus. You got Mary in the barn. She gives birth to Jesus. The angels are there. The animals are like, hell yeah, there's a star above. It's all happy. And then you got the three kings who show up and they give their gifts to Jesus, which is gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently, according to the Italians, the three kings got lost (laughs) on their way. I guess the big old star wasn't bright enough. <laughs> and so they stopped at good old Befana's house to ask for directions. <sighs> because her house is so tidy and so well swept. They were like, let's talk to her. <laughs> and so they were like, hello, old witch lady. I see you sweeping. Could you tell us where Jesus is? <laughs> and she's like, you know what? I don't know. I also can't see that star. But why don't you stay the night? Why don't I just like take you in? You can stay on my very clean floor and you can, you can have a good night's sleep. <laughs> and the three kings are like, dope. So they wake up in the morning and they're like, okay, we're going to go find Jesus more. If you want, you can come with us, La Befana. And she was like, no, I got sweeping to do. <laughs> Literally in the story, she's like, I got too much sweeping to go see Jesus. That is amazing. Uh-huh. I really thought she was going to hitch a ride, but Absolutely nah, she's not. got priorities. <laughs> Absolutely not. She is busy. And so they leave, and then immediately she regrets her decision. She's like, wait, <laughs> I could have seen the baby JC, and I'm here sweeping. 
damn it. So she grabs her broom and a bunch of gifts for the baby. She can't come empty handed. And I guess she can fly. So it's, it changes story to story, but she gets on her broom and she searches all day, all night for Jesus, but she can't find him. I don't know. I guess she's star blind. They're all star blind. <laughs> I thought it was easy. Apparently not. And the tragic thing is, La Bafana never finds him. She never finds the baby JC. So every year on the anniversary of this night, La Bafana gets on her broom and searches for wee little Yesu. And she lives... She leaves gifts for all the children as she goes because she knows that baby Jesus resides in all children. (laughs) And that's how there was a witch in the nativity the whole time and you just didn't know it. Oh, man. The baby JC is in all children, which is the thing that makes them a little bit naughty. Cole for you, Bonk. (laughs) Yeah, she does give them Cole. (laughs) Bonks them right on the head, drinks their Chianti and is out the door. So yeah, how does she figure in today? What do they do? Well, the Italians love her like she's not second to santa she is above santa like they don't care about him it's all about la bafana and they throw these big festivals for her they have like giant feasts and that's also a thing they do on epiphany is just like feast day they have these big christmas markets in the piazzas which is a thing a lot of european cities do but theirs is like all the gifts and the weird cold candies and all the stuff you buy for la bafana <laughs> And then people dress up like her. So there's just like tons of Bifanas running around the piazza, <laughs> bonking children with rooms, giving them coal. I even saw this amazing picture of like an Italian fireman, like scaling from a medieval tower dressed as La Bifana. <laughs> like they go in and in Urbino, which apparently is where she's from, because they always know everyone has their place. Like they even know where Juliet's from and all that stuff. Everyone has mm-hmm. a house. The kids can send letters to La Befana, and the post office actually creates an official mailbox for her. It's amazing. <laughs> so, can you read us uh, one of the letters from the children from La Befana? I wish. I don't have any. Also, I can't read Italian. Buongiorno, La Befana. Va bene? Vorrei nuts. Per favore. Sometimes she would give nuts. So, oh, ciao. Little Giotto. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Your boy Giotto. <laughs> was one of them fat from watermelons? Uh, fat from melons. Actually, no, it was probably like fat from sopa. Yeah, you know. Like Torino. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It is good. So, yeah, Santa may have a lot of clout everywhere. People may be loving Santa in uh, these United of States. But for the <laughs> Italians, and also for me, <laughs> La Befana. Is number one. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Christmas witch. <laughs> and that is the story of the Christmas witch. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I did not know that I had a calling somewhere and it is to be a Christmas witch. <laughs> you gotta go. You got I time. Do. Get over there. Get to the piazza. <laughs> oh, there's so much in Italy I need to see. Dying. Yeah. But all of it is regional. I'm like kind of angry because I studied abroad in Italy and I was there in the beginning, just the beginning of December where they had started the Christmas markets and I didn't see any Befanas around. I am so pissed. I guess she comes out like at the end of the month and I just missed her. I mean, there's probably stuff around, but you didn't know what it was. Yeah, I probably could have bought some coal candy, but I had no idea. No idea. 
That's a shame. Yeah. That's Ugh. an experience. God, I love her and her weird semi-steel nose on occasion. Just sweep it. <laughs> too busy sweeping to find Jesus. <laughs> Priorities. I'm so sorry. I'm busy, I'm busy sweeping. <laughs> Look at my floor. It's clean enough for the kings. So. <laughs> that is such a good story. Well, yeah. thank you guys so much for, for coming oh on God. our little little podcast yeah thank you so much it's been delightful yes. oh, so let everybody know how to find you who are you where are you at how they find you well we are arts history that's like art history but with an s because we are sisters <laughs> it's very funny <laughs> <they're> hilarious. <laughs> um you can find us at arts history wherever you find podcasts also on the internet where you do social medias such as Instagram and Twitter. We also have an email at artshistory at gmail.com. Come say hey, come slide into our DMs. We're here to talk about La Befana if you yes. want to. And we talk about art and we make jokes like this. We try very hard not to be very uh, informative or smart. We just like to have a good old time and dish the costs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you want educational art history, look elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> do want to hear more of us and Kina and Natalie we also collabed and did an episode together so come on over and listen to that absolutely definitely go check that out I have been I love you guys I love funny history yeah I think that people think history is boring I think people just assume that we're all just you know old people that can't tell a joke so I'm glad there's podcasts like ours that can show you yeah. that, hey, shit's funny. Absolutely. People have always been idiots. You know? <laughs> yes. All through time. <laughs> there's not a shortage. And La Befana was there to witness it all. And bonk them on ahead. She will bonk you for it. She will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a good time. Well, if you want to uh, follow us, we have a Patreon. It's Historical AF Podcast. Or Historical AF Pod. <laughs> uh I don't even know my own shit. Anyway, yeah, we got cool stuff. We have I have an art history episode. Natalie has a book chat. We have bloopers, all the good stuff. All the things you don't hear that we've done and I've cut out, you can find it on Patreon. And you can also get an on-air shout out like this one. We actually have three amazing humans to shout out today. The first one is Stacy. She is our newest Spicy AF member. And we are so excited to get to know you. I've loved seeing her messages and she has a really cool family tradition like natalie and a really cool instagram account that made me laugh so hard the second she told me about it i had to go look it up and now i'm a huge fan our next one is rachel e she is one of our new majestic af members and i have to say you totally made our day uh, we send out letters to all our Patreon members that have a little bit of little something something in it. And uh, she was talking about how excited she was and jumping up and down and stuff. So made my heart happy that we can make you that happy. So yay. And next, last but not least, is Crystal G. She is also a Majestic AF member. And uh, Crystal has been emailing us for a while. She is the genius behind the School for the Deaf Graves, and then also the mini so that's coming out next week. She's been sending us articles suggesting, and they've all just been just bomb. They're so good. So thank you all three for joining Patreon. We are so excited to have you. We are just overjoyed. <laughs> so you should definitely go check, go check it out. Yes. <laughs>
Feel free to check us out on all of our social medias like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's all Historical AF Pod. And we got lots of fun junk on there, uh, such as dick jokes <laughs> and uh, memes. Kena's the meme machine, along with also This Day in History Happened at some point. And it's always interesting and hilarious. Um, and like she said, yeah, sign up for our Patreon because we do really great things. Like I love Hina's rant and rage and rave and whatever are words that are about art possibly. <laughs> and then I, yeah, I do little fun book chats and whatnot because I am the librarian. I'm, and this past week I need a book. I, I need a book and a TV show to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love our social media. Kina does a great job with it. So historical AF pod, check us out. Check them out. Yeah. And we need more listener stories. So that's historical AF pod at gmail.com. And we need just like anything. If you have like a hometown legend or a family history or a ghost story, or like you lived in a cult or something, we got one of those once or ghost eat people <laughs> just anything just email us we'll take anything honestly and if it's like an article like, or something we'll do it for the minisodes because we got an article or yeah an article in the email today and that's gonna be our next minisode so definitely uh send us stuff yeah email us yeah. but be prepared we will demand answers we will have <laughs> questions probably we're very very needy <laughs> it's, it's true but also, yeah, Arts History, you, you guys got a pretty badass Patreon, too. So everybody check that out, too. Yeah, our Patreon is um, cool. We have minisodes. We are, you know, just out there trying to make more content <laughs> for y'all. So, and on our Patreon, you get each episode two days early. Ooh. Yeah, you get ours early whenever I finish editing. <laughs> so it's up in the It is. It's a struggles for real. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was talking to you guys earlier, and I'm like, man, you guys are killing it. <laughs> like, you, you got a lot of, a lot of people. We, you know, we have, you know, we got friends. We got friends <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're, we're trying to get there. I mean, for us, it's just like anything. You give us a dollar, we will do literally whatever you want. I know it's yeah. like the whole dance monkey dance. I'm like, I would literally do anything if you join Patreon. Like, I will <laughs> dance. I will do something stupid. I don't care. But we love it. Also, because a lot of our patrons are like actual art historians and they'll like send us messages like hey did you know or like you're stupid you got this wrong and we <laughs> live for that we need it it's like thank you yes it keeps us accountable oh man oh by the way if you want like listener ghost stories we have a really good one about our house yeah ooh, that's true ooh, send, send it send it send it send it all right we'll send you an email friend yes <laughs> dear, dear, dear. we love ghost stories we've had some really good ones like mm. creeped me out good ones Mm-hmm. I love a good yes. ghost story. Especially when you read them at midnight, those midnight <laughs> recordings they suck. Oh yeah, that's yeah. what happened. The last one is like we're recording past midnight, and we're I was telling a ghost story, and it was all these ghost encounters, and then something banged in my office, and I was all freaked out. And I was like, "You're you're making that up." And I was like, "No, I'm not. And I have to sleep here." <laughs> like, no. no, absolutely not. Ghosts are real, one hundred percent. Well, I'm in a new house. I mean, I've been here like eleven months, but to me, it's still new. So I'm like, there's still time to be a demon. I don't know. So <laughs> you just they could show themselves at any point. Yeah, every house I looked at, I would see a picture. I'm like, is that an orb? And my husband's like, it's fucking dust. Stop. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> you don't know. I'm not gonna move into a haunted shit house. No. <sighs> That's how every horror movie starts. So you're thinking. The guy that owned this house, uh, he's in prison. So for a while, I was like, what did he do in this house? 
Like, did he murder somebody here? I don't know. <laughs> it's just like a dumb criminal. He's a dumb drug dealer. Is that why you thought that rib bone was a human bone? Yes, because I didn't know what he did. And he's in prison for like 14 years for drug shit. And I'm like, well, what if he murdered somebody? I don't know. There's no telling. That's, that's freaky. Yeah, because like, who goes to jail for 14 years for a drug crime? Like, it just seemed a little excessive. But then, color. Yeah, well... <laughs> No, he spit on a black cop and then called him the N-word. So he got a hate crime well, tacked onto it. So that's why it was. But I had to Google really far to figure out. Ah. Uh, thank God for newspapers.com. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they lie to us. They're like, oh, it's this happy little family. And they just moved over a town over. And they just don't want this house anymore. And then when we went to sign the papers to buy it, they were like, there's a problem. He's in prison and he can't sign the papers today. And we're like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like what was he in prison for did he murder some bitches like did he cook meth in here am i gonna be okay <laughs> like somebody tell me it's fine anyway it's fine back to the thing so thank you guys so much for coming and it's been really fun yeah thank really. you for having us so thanks everybody for listening if you guys like them go check them out and hopefully you still like us and check us out next week <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Dope. <sighs> okay, bye. You ready? Bye. bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>